Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome back. Midday show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, Joe Zilla coming up. In just a minute, we'll replay for you the Dave Dombrowski interview with Takam Ritchie. Ton to react to afterwards with us on the phone lines. 215-592-9494. Let's talk to Kirk, who wants to talk Eagles Niners next five years. What's up, Kirk? Hey, guys. What's going on? How you doing, buddy? Hey, listen, don't tell the guys here in Pittsburgh, but I like your show better. Oh, we will not tell them. We will definitely not clip this audio and send it to our uh, our, our buddies out there. I think you guys talked to Filipponi, so I know it. Hey, listen. So here's what I called. Um, so I'm a little bit of a closet Eagles fan. My, my brother-in-law lives in Wilmington. Um, and um, so I told your engineer, I think what you guys have coming up here is a little Carson Wentz dilemma. Mm. Um, because I don't see Jalen Hurts. I follow the Eagles a little bit. I don't see him getting any better. Um, and, you know, for some reason or another, I thought Carson Wentz was going to be the next Ben Roethlisberger. He was big. Mm-hmm. He was mobile. He was tough. And he could make throws from, like, any position. And I'm just looking at Jalen. He's not getting better. Um, I really think it's pretty eye-opening how he lost the team. I'm not saying he by himself, but you guys lost your you-know-what those last six games. And you got to put that a lot on the quarterback because he's the most important position on the team. And he's one of your biggest stars, right? Oh, so, yeah. It's, it's definitely part of it. Didn't feel like they were a cohesive unit at all. And he's the leader. Yeah, he's the leader. And, uh, I mean, I like Jalen. I, I thought he was going to, once again, it was almost like Carson. I thought he was going to become this great player. And I'm just not sure. And the thing about it is, if he's regressing just a little bit now, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to progress in the future. So that's just my thought for you guys. Well, and it's it's major because the the, the thought process, especially when it's Eagles Niners, or Kirk, we appreciate it, is that Jalen's going to be the better of the two quarterbacks moving forward. We think so. We hope so. He better be. Right, we'll get more to that. All your phone calls coming up. Let's play it for you. Dave Dombrowski on with the camera this morning. Ton of topics they covered, including the Phillies' quiet offseason. Here it was, Dombrowski in the morning show. Let's welcome the president of baseball operations of the Philadelphia Phillies, Dave Dombrowski. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? We are doing wonderful. Great, We're excited that baseball is going to be back upon us soon. I don't right. have to tell you the town needs it, you know, with the the – the way the football season ended. So we're, we're looking forward to getting going. Dave, let's get to this here. So um, this season, this offseason, I should say, one that many people have referred to as a quiet offseason. Now, you guys had a massive signing with Aaron Nola and otherwise no particularly big moves. To the people that say quiet offseason, do you agree with that assessment? And if so, why quiet? Well, I think overall that assessment is accurate. I mean, quiet doesn't mean inactive i mean we've been active on many different things as far as staying abreast of what's going on but yeah it's been quiet after our first 
real big goal was to get a starting pitcher with Aaron becoming a free agent. Of course, we were fortunate to re-sign him, which is a big signing for us. That really stabilized our starting rotation. And when you say, well, why? I think there's a combination of factors. One is we have a good club. Um, that's apparent. There's not gaping holes. And we're also in an opportunity where giving opportunity to some of our young players, which people are not usually very open-minded to or understanding. But we think if we're going to be the organization that we would like to be throughout, that we would we want to give young players an opportunity. And with that, and those guys are guys like Christopher Sanchez, who did a good job for us. And if you count Christopher in, that gives us five really established major league starters. Uh, Kirkering in the bullpen, and if he comes in, that gives us six people, three from the left-hand side with Alvarado, Soto, and Strom, three from the right-hand side with Sir Anthony Hoffman, and then also with uh, Kirkering there. And our positional players, we want to give the opportunity to Rojas. Uh, he did not have a good postseason offensively, but he played well for us beforehand. He's an outstanding defensive outfielder. So it makes us better right off the bat in that regard. And so when you look at our infield, well, we have Harper, we have Stott, we've got Turner, we've got Bohm, we've got JT behind the plate, you've got Schwarber as your DH, you've got Stanos, you've got Marsh. Well, there, there's not a lot of other holes there if you're going to give Rojas the opportunity. And part of the thing which ends up taking place with rules and, and understanding is that, for example, if you sign a, a player that's a veteran outfielder, let's just say, and say, okay, we'll, we'll put him in there. Well, A, that doesn't really open an, an opportunity for Rojas. And, and what ends up taking place is, in our case, we've been involved with trying to sign some starting pitchers for depth purposes more so, relief pitchers for depth purposes. Although there have been a couple that would have been established guys for our um, our bullpen too that we thought would definitely be an upgrade but the the free agents want guarantees that they're going to have that job and we can't sign them a free agent starting pitcher that is for example we are involved in Yamamoto people are aware that well you can guarantee Yamamoto a starting spot but if you're going with that type of philosophy um, most people are going to take a chance where they have the opportunity to go ahead and and pitch or play there rather than come into our situation Although we still stay abreast of what's going on and we're in a spot that not only now, but also during spring training, we'll keep abreast of what's going on with all clubs and you never can tell what will take place. Dave, you mentioned Rojas a few times there. Do you think it is likely that he is a starter day one of this season or not? Likely, yes. Definitively, no. Um, So I think that's... uh, the answer would be yes. Uh, we saw enough at the last couple of months in August and September um, that we really like what we saw. I've talked to our hitting people um, at length about his progress over the winter time. He's worked extremely hard. He's made adjustments that he needs to make. And not only, uh, I'm not saying he's going to come up and hit 300 with 20 home runs right off the bat, but I think he can do enough offensively and contribute from an offensive perspective. And when you add his speed in there, um, and then his defense, all of a sudden, um, he becomes a, a real plus for us. So, yes, I do think that he will be up, but he has to earn that. We're not going to just give it to him. Dave, we spent a lot of time as a show, and I'm sure a lot of people out there did, um, discussing and debating the merits of Rojas versus Reese Hoskins versus mm-hmm. a free agent. Namely, that you could have uh, put Kyle Schwerber back in left field and had Reese Hoskins as the DH while Bryce Harper would be the first baseman. How tempting 
or not was the option to keep Reese? How far did that go in your mind until you eventually said, okay, the Reese thing is over. We love him, but he's gone, and we're going with what we got here otherwise. Well, we love Reese Hoskins, first of all. I mean, he, you can't ask for a, a more stable individual that's a Philly organization person, that's a Philly city individual. Reese is a tremendous person. He and his wife, Jamie, did, did so much. He's also is a really good player. He can hit and hit with power. So he's a good player. He's a Philly from the very beginning. These are the type of things that are tough decisions. We felt, um, and, and no, um, I don't mean this in a negative vein, but we think that one of the other biggest things we need to do was to try to get Kyle out of left field on a regular basis. Um, his knees over the last couple of years, last year he didn't run as well. He catches what he gets to. Uh, he's a good offensive player, but we think that the defense and the speed help us a great deal more. And so when you look at what our our situation is as far as what we think is a better club, we look at it with having the outfield defense in, out there for us with some, of course, contribution from an offensive perspective. Well, if you do that, you move Schwarber to DH. Well, putting Bryce at first, there's just not that room for Reese. So that's really what it came down to. And I can understand we debated that ourselves. We had a lot of meetings in that regard. Um, you could also say, well, do you leave Bryce in the outfield? We think it's better at this point to move him to first base. We think he's going to be an outstanding defensive first baseman. And, and I, one thing that's not a, doesn't catch people's eyes that they're really not excited about a great deal. I get it. I mean, I, I love power hitting, right? You love Everybody loves a home run. Defense doesn't get as much attention. But when all of a sudden you put Rojas in the outfield and you put Harper at first base, um, you become a really good defensive uh, ball club compared to the other combination of having uh, Schwarbs and left and, and Reese at first base. Dave, how important is it for you to re-sign Zach Wheeler, and when do you anticipate that'll take place? Well, we would love to sign Zach today if we could. Um, I think it's important that we re-sign him. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Uh, really never get into negotiations publicly, but you can say it's something that's important for us, and we would love to get that done. So um, I, I know uh, Wheels loves it in um, Philadelphia, loves being a part of the organization, and I would say that it's a priority for us. How happy are you with the current rotation, and what's the likelihood you'd consider adding a starter like Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell? Well, we're happy with our rotation, and when you look at it in all the analytical aspects of it, too, I think they rank us as the number one rotation in baseball, so that's pretty good um, in, in a lot of things, or at least in the top three. So we like our rotation. We like it with Zach. We like it with... Um, you know, Aaron Nola coming back. Uh, Suarez is really a good pitcher. The one thing we'd have to get out of Suarez, and he'll be in camp on time for the first time in a long time due to other time to immigration in the WBC. Uh, we'd like to get more innings out of him during the regular season, and we think we can do that. Um, Tyon Walker is a really good 3-4 type of starter. He won 15 games for us, but he pitched 170 innings. And then if you're going to give Sanchez the opportunity. So I can't tell you that somebody doesn't fall in your lap at some point and you say, gee, that's a an opportunity we can't turn down. But I think you also have to always combine it with um, we were in on a couple relief pitchers, too. Um, we, we liked them. We thought that they would be positives for us. But, for example, the situation uh, with one, he wanted to go start somewhere. We didn't have a starting opportunity. We thought the guy was more is more of a relief pitcher. There was somebody else we were in on that we liked a lot. He wanted to go close to home, which was on the West Coast. 
It's like Yamamoto situation. We're very involved in that. And I think people would be shocked if they found out how much money that we put on the table for them, but really came down to, um, and even though there's a lot of regard for our organization, playing in the city, how we support the club, I mean, the atmosphere at the ballpark is second to none, but he wanted to go to the Dodgers. That was just the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that it had as much to do with the presentation of other things that happened in his earlier in his life where he was more of a Dodger fan. So, um, again, you keep an open mind towards everything. I mean, every single day I'm, I'm looking at wh- who our list of players are, who might make sense for us. But you know, for again, somebody might be, okay, you, you need a, and I can understand, Hey, we could use a better bat off the bench. I've seen, well, we might, we, that might end up happening, but and in the outfield, what ends up happening is there's some people, if you try to sign them, they, they want, we want to be your left fielder or we want to be your center fielder. Well, right now with, Given Rojas the opportunity, um, those are things that we just can't do. But yet, look every single day, and you just can't tell what will end up happening. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned the WBC. Uh, last season, it, it sort of contributed to maybe a, a slower start. How will the organization do things differently this spring to hit the ground running to avoid the slow starts of the last two seasons? Well, and there's been meetings and uh, phone calls and uh, Rob Thompson's been on it with our staff and participated in some of those calls. We'll have our meetings, of course, next week when everybody's here in person. But I think that um, we probably just need to be in a position that we're more focused on that, not just getting ready for the season to go from there, maybe turning it up a notch. Last year, there was a lot of things that could happen. So two years ago, a little bit different than I think last year. But last year, when you look at all our participants in the WBC, and I'm a supporter, I think WBC is great, but it didn't help us last year because we had three of our positional players in Schwarber, um, Turner, and JT that just didn't get enough at-bats to get ready for the beginning of the season. Um, Harper, of course, wasn't ready. You lose Hoskins right before opening day. Well, that, and you put Derek Hall, and he gets hurt. So that's a lot of things to affect in that regard. And it also affected our pitching. Suarez wasn't ready. Tyon Walker wasn't, wasn't quite ready. So um, I, I think we're in a position where um, – having our players in camp more, getting them more ready ourselves, having that thought process. Um, and the folks in that regard will be a way that we can be better prepared to start the season. Dave Dombrowski here with us on WIP. Of course, it fills the spring training in just a couple of days. Dave, Aaron Nola, I'm curious, how worried were you specifically about the Atlanta Braves and their desire to sign Aaron Nola? Did that drive you to get to the price you got to because the Braves are the Braves and they're in your division? Well, I was very worried that he would go to the Atlanta Braves or anybody else, but I think the Braves were a legitimate um, person that you knew that they had interest. They publicly said that. You, I, I had a pulse of what their offer was, um, and I knew Aaron wanted to stay in Philadelphia once we got into the process. He had made that clear all along, but once he was out in free agency, I'm always worried in that case because our best chance is to sign a guy like Aaron um, and you can say whomever it may be, Zach Wheeler this year, is before they become a free agent. Because once they become a free agent, anything can happen out there. So you're in a position where anybody can can overwhelm you. But, yeah, I mean, normally when you sign a free agent, um, you give them more money than you would like to give them or more years, that combination. So you get driven to do that. But that's what free agency can create, although you see some free agents out there this year. Um that are still sitting there and haven't apparently received the dollars they would want. But yeah, it, it was a concern that we would lose Aaron and he's really a good pitcher. And I, we really, not only has he been a good pitcher, he's a Philly. You saw the adjustments he made as the year progressed 
with the, the pitch clock, which was important. Uh, he was quicker to the plate last year at later in the year when he established his, his slide step. So he can, continues to improve, and he's the type of guy that we think can age very well. So uh, we're, we're thrilled that he's back. Dave, fascinating situation a couple months ago. Um, Scott Boris came out and indicated that Bryce Harper wants a new deal with the Phillies. The story publicly seemingly just went away. It's almost like a lot of people probably forgot about it. I know you have not. Should Bryce Harper, who's been unbelievable, should he expect a new deal from the Phils, or are you very comfortable looking him in the eye and saying, listen, big guy, love you. You've been amazing. But that's why John Middleton committed $330 million to you five years ago. What we signed you for is what you're going to get. I mean, should he expect a new deal or not? Well, I would not get into any contract situations publicly. Just never really do that. Um, we'll say of the utmost respect for Bryce, tremendous players, said everything for the our, our club and, and the team and the city. So he's the type of guy you want to have. Um, he's in a situation where you can always desire or want, anybody can, anything that they would like. Um, we end up making business decisions that sometimes are difficult. But I, I mean, the way one way I would just say it without getting into any particulars is that uh, we're thrilled that he's on board. He's, we know he's at Philly for eight more years, and um, there's a lot of times to digest things, but it's a situation where um, we're thrilled that he's on board. And um, again, you can desire and want anything you, you would like, but I think it's also the apparent. Knowing Bryce, when he gets to spring training under any circumstances, he's ready to go, and you know you're going to get 100% from him in every regard. Dave, who's the closer of the team? Well, I think that'll be a decision that we'll make in the spring. Um, and I, I'm not sure even coming out of here that we'll per se have a designated closer. Uh, you work with your managers, and I think we have a few guys that can close games. I mean, Alvarado can close games. Soto's had over 30 saves. Uh, he can close games. Um, Sir Anthony's closed games in the past. Um, Hoffman has the ability to do that. His stuff last year was tremendous. He, he continued to move up the ladder. Uh, I wouldn't even discount a guy like Kirker in closing some games. So I think we're more of a club that looks at and a manager like using a closer by, if you want to say committee, but on matchups more than you do just say this is a designated guy, unless you have somebody like uh, Mariano Rivera. Um, of course, you'd give him the ball. And last year when we went came out of the year, we didn't really expect Kimbrough to be our closer. He ended up closing the games and just moved into that role and, I think about May and continued in that role, but uh, we feel we have a lot of guys who can close games. Leadoff hitter, do you have a preference? Stott, <laughs> Schwarber, Turner. Is there a Dave Dombrowski February seventh preference? I do, but I think I share that more with Rob Thompson. I'll let him answer that <laughs> question. I think that's a, that's a, we we talk about those things, and a lot of people disagree and have different thought processes. Yeah, I have my own personal preferences, but. Uh, that's Topper's decision, and I'll let him uh, make that one. Dave, is uh, the organization cool with Taiwan Walker? I mean, he he went really public after the off season, after the season, you know, social media stuff. You guys cool with him? Yeah, we're fine. Um, in fact, the other day I was just talked. Um, and first of all, I understand when a guy gets frustrated that he's on pitch, and that, and when people look at it, they sometimes it's hard to even when you're the person involved when you look at the whole circumstances. We didn't need a fourth starter for a long time, uh, just the way the postseason lined up. And 
Um, so and he hadn't thrown the ball. So we we went with the other person. Walker was our fourth starter through, throughout the year for sure, third or fourth starter. But uh, Rob Thompson talked to him. Uh, he talked to him at great length uh, within the last couple of weeks, and he's fine. He's ready to go, and we're fine with him. So we're looking forward to him being at camp. Dave, two final questions here. The first, and you guys got so close last year to the World Series, and obviously could have won it all, um, five games away from winning it all. It was another great thrill for the fans to get that close, though. Um, any lessons learned from the elimination last year in the postseason or any part of the postseason journey? Well, I don't know if it's as much lesson learned. I mean, most of our lessons were pretty good until we got to the very end. Um, we got up two games to zero. I, I, I don't think our players did take anything for granted at that point, but I will give uh, one thing that ended up taking place, and, and we have looked at this over the winter time, is that I give the Diamondbacks credit. Um, they really uh, adjusted, and we chased a lot those last few games uh, out of balls out of the strike zone. And I think that's something that we're susceptible to doing, but it's also things you can work on. And so it's been a focus for us in that regard, even in discussing with our hitters over the winter time. And we've got some different thought process and different drills that we'll focus on when we get to spring training to hopefully help us a little bit in that regard. And, and Dave, the Andrew Painter rehab, how's it going? And when does the organization expect him to be able to pitch in, in any game? Obviously, it would first happen in a, in a minor league game. What's the timeline for Andrew Painter? Well, Painter's rehab is going fine. He's uh, here actually in the minor league camp in our, our camp. Uh, he, right now, he's where he needs to be. But he's just tossing at this point, which is where he should be. I don't really look uh, for Andrew to pitch this year. I'm looking towards 2025. I guess you can always be surprised, but I don't want to put that pressure on him. But uh, so far, everything's been just as, as thought uh, from the surgery. The rehab's been great, but that's uh, really more the time frame than anything this year. All right, Dave, and I got one more. I said two more. I have a third and final. Here we go. I mean, baseball operations covers a lot of ground, including music selection in the clubhouse. <laughs> Should dancing on my own be put to bed because, you know, you did not win the World Series the last two years, or is it too integral to this group of players, to Phillies fans in a recent Phillies history, to shove it aside? Should it be embraced moving forward or not? No, I'll give you the, the the realistic answer on that. I like this song. I didn't know the song before it got played a couple of years ago. I like this song. And really, my vote counts as zero in this regard. <laughs> so the players will make that decision themselves. And uh, I, you can make an argument uh, any way you would like on that one. I like this song, but those guys will sit down and decide if they should play it or not, and they'll, they will not ask my opinion whatsoever. <laughs> it only goes yeah. so far. The, the, bo- the boss's right. leverage only goes so far. Dave, uh, good luck, obviously, with you know what's up ahead in the coming weeks with spring training and then ultimately the start of the season, and we look forward to, to talking it throughout it. Thank you, Dave. Sounds great. Thanks a lot. Great interview there to Cameron Ritchie with uh, Dave Dombrowski, sporting Phillies team president. I think Dave Dombrowski's the best interview in the city in terms of uh, a coach or general Feels manager. Feels like he was real honest and forthcoming about what he decided to do and why he he decided to do some of the some of the things he's done. Yeah, I, I there's a lot to chew on there. We'll react to it all with you guys. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Keep the conversation going. Eagles Niners next five years, but so much on the other side. Dombrowski basically said they wanted two pitchers. It just didn't work out. We'll we'll kind of try, try to surmise and guess who he's talking about there. The Yama Moto thing. They tried really hard. He wanted to be a Dodger, addressing the slow starts. They were legitimately worried. A legit threat of him, as some would say. Legit that the, threat of him. The Braves might steal Aaron Nola 
the lineup. It seems like Dombrowski has a lineup he might want, but it's Topper's decision. And then Andrew Painter, not a full rule out for him in 2024. Lots to react to there. 215-592-9494. We'll come back. All your phone calls, Eagles, Niners, next five years, and, of course, the Phillies. Were they too quiet this offseason? Elliot joins us at 1 right here on the Midday Show, Sports Radio 94 WIP. And happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate for FanDuel in partnership with Valley Forge Casino, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. Look, I'm going to be betting a couple of long shots for the MVP in this game. Non-quarterbacks try to hit on one of those. FanDuel is so many ways to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today. And you'll get $200 of bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O to sign up. FanDuel.com slash G-I-G-L-I-O. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 90- T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back. Sports Radio at 94 WIP. It's the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio coming up 1 o'clock. Elliot Shore Parks will join us. ESP. Sixers trade deadline tomorrow. I'm sure Elliot has a lot of takes on what they should do, what they could do before tomorrow afternoon, of course. Elliot's in Well, there's that. Some believe that. And the Eagles, uh, what's going on here next five years? Eagles, Niners. We'll get to all that conversation. Quickly, Hugh, before we go back to the phones, and we have a lot of people patiently waiting, we'll get back to the phone lines here. 215-592-9494. We replayed the Dombrowski interview for you. And, you know, we opened the show today talking about, you know, have they been too quiet? Have they done enough this offseason? I think they should have done more. But, Hugh, a couple things hit me from the full interview, just hearing it again. He was very open that they tried for some pitchers and it just didn't work out. Yeah. He mentioned a pitcher that actually they thought he was a reliever. He wanted to be a starter. I think that's Jordan Hicks who went to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentioned a guy they were in on a reliever that ended up wanting to be on the West Coast. I think that's Robert Stevenson who went to the Angels. And these guys are good pitchers. Yeah. Uh, and he was very open and he said his name, Yamamoto. So he would, it, 
the read I'm getting from that interview, now listening to it twice, is he seems very comfortable with his offense, his position players, giving Rojas he a chance. Want, he wants more pitching. I think they want more pitching. Yeah, and I think that's something that they're probably going to try to to address as, in this spring training. They're going to give some guys some opportunities, but definitely that is something that they feel that if they have more pitching, that they would be a much better ball club or be in a much better position. Yeah, there was reference to slow starts, which we referenced earlier in the show. Yeah. That, that just you know been a big thing, and uh, we'll see if Topper has any answers to that because it's a big deal. They, and they were legitimately worried that Nola was going to leave for the no, Braves. Scared? Whew. I mean, as you should be, because it, it just strengthens your competitor. And we already we've already come to the uh, conclusion that the Braves might win the division again this year. Yeah, they're projected to. Yeah, but the, to to give them another arm? No, you don't need to do that. The other thing I thought was interesting is, and he didn't answer it, but Dave Dombrowski did acknowledge he may have his own preference on the lineup, but that's Rob Thompson's decision. Mm -hmm. I wonder what, deep down, if Dombrowski is a Schwarber Schwarber, leadoff guy. Leadoff guy, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he don't sound like it. I think that's the one. I would think not, too. I'm with you on this. Like when you talk about the most polarizing. you know, batting position, th- that was probably the one that got everybody a little bit upset. And will remain that way. The yeah. re- so here, here, this continues to be my thing on Schwarber. I'm going to get it out there now. Or I'm sure we're going to do this again before the season. I'm keeping him there until someone's a better option. You know, like, Trey Turner, okay, guys, let, can he be good the whole season? Then, yeah, sure, put him there. Bryson Stott, I agree with Kyle said earlier, he's got a chance to be a batting title guy one day. He's not there yet, and he didn't hit the last two months of the season. If you tell me Bryce Stott's going to hit 320 all year and get on base, you know, 36, 37% of the time, sure, I'll entertain moving Schwarber off the leadoff. I still don't think they have the right option. If you ask me right now who's going to get the most plate appearance at the leadoff spot, I still think it's going to be Schwarber. I, I, I think we're going to run it back with Schwarber at the leadoff guy until some someone takes it option. from him. Yeah, I, I, I can see that being the case, especially when you talk about what, what his, his, his knee situation and everything else. So, yeah, he's definitely going to be out there. Don't you think just the fact that Dombrowski answered it that way instead of just being like, I love Schwarbert leadoff. Like, the fact that he said, I talked to Rob Thompson about this seems to indicate that he disagrees and he suggests a different approach mm-hmm. to the leadoff guy. So I think the last time we heard Topper talk, he he acknowledged that maybe not, maybe it will be different, but then he's like, but Schwarber, it works with Schwarber. Now, did that come from a conversation he had with, with Dombrowski? with the progress, yeah. Yeah, it's, I can't wait for this debate again because it's, it's, it's been for three years now. And the, the most ironic part is they win when Schwarber hits leadoff. It's like you can't argue. <laughs> the, the Phillies for 10 years before Schwarber was leading off for this team were not in the playoffs. And now <laughs> he's there and they win. I mean, The formula speaks for itself. Winning is winning. Um, the other thing that struck me from the whole conversation with Dombrowski there is he didn't totally rule out Andrew Painter at the end of this year. Now, it didn't seem like he's counting on it, but he didn't totally rule it out. 215-592-9494. Your reaction to everything you heard there from Dave Dabrowski and have the Phillies been too quiet? Just one more thing Mm -hmm. that I noticed. Didn't seem to love the idea of extending Bryce Harper this offseason. He did not. Well, he was trying to be diplomatic about it, but it was one of those things where, you know, like he didn't didn't poo-poo it either because, you know, He's really not in a position of, of power. <laughs> like, I mean, he is, but he kind of isn't. You know, and he, he didn't want to – I guess you didn't want to upset the uh, general manager when you say stuff like that. That feel – doesn't that one feel like a complete ownership decision more than it's a Nebraska decision? Like, no GM's going to say, yeah, it's a good idea to pay his guy, pay a guy into his 40s. Like, that's, just, that's yeah, not what GMs yeah, do. You don't want to upset management either. Well, right. And then it, I feel like if that happens, that's a John Middleton thing. He's the one that's going to okay it and, you know, they might keep Bryce Harper here. I, I said it the day that news came out and we reacted on the show. 
the concept of giving Bryce Harper an extension with eight years remaining is ridiculous. Crazy. It's just, but it's crazy. You got to entertain it. When you give a guy that kind of pull, you got to, like, he's going to try to see what he can get. He's going to do what he can can do to see how much money he can get out of the deal. Of course he is. I mean, you, I, gave, you gave him the power. I expect that. I'm not surprised, but I would say no. Well, here's what I would say to Bryce. We'll go over. We'll, can we can we get back to this, like, in three years, four years, five years? I mean, he's five years into a 13-year deal. Remember the uh, reaction here when T.O. wanted a new deal, like, what, one year into the deal? Yeah, this that was is ridiculous. Five out of thirteen. Yeah, but it, it's also football too, and it's different in baseball. Because you, you know, the, the thing that jumped out to me this morning when they were making that conversation, when they were having the conversation, was when he said, uh, "Kyle Schwarber's knees aren't what they used to be." And mm-hmm. I was thinking about, I'm like, hell, if my knees was like that, I wish I'd have played baseball. Because if my knees went bad, I could still play. They could just, you got just up and running. roll my old ass up there to play and let me hit the ball a couple times. You know, I, you that's a good point. You brought up the Schwarber thing, the knee thing. Hugh, I think when we talk about the Rojas thing, I think they view it more as it makes everything better. Yeah. It, like, Rojas in the outfield keeps Schwarber at DH. Yes, and and if you can get a little bit of his bat, like you said, you was like 260. In my head, when I was thinking about his bat, I was like 250 for a guy that was that had the bat on his shoulder in the playoffs. I'll take that all day. It's almost – and I don't want to lower the bar this far, but just don't embarrass us. Yes. I mean, that's the, just don't embarrass because the team. It's, it's, it's funny because he went from, boy, having him out there on the defensive side is great to what the hell is he out there doing with the bat on the show? It felt like a pitcher in yeah. the old National it, League. It, it was like we, we, we're in a bad spot. So to get anything out of that position, plus his defense, I feel is a plus. And, and like to that point, Kyle Schwarber at leadoff probably happens once a game. Right, and then if you figure right. that Marsh and Rojas are in front of him in the eight and nine, and the lineup turns over that way, you are getting guys that can make contact with the baseball. If Rojas is, you know, the guy that they're billing him to be, and then you have the the two guys in front of Kyle Schwarber. Like it's not always the fact that Kyle Schwarber's going up there leading you off, and, and then he can't run. Like you can have Marsh and Rojas on base, and Schwarber can hit him home. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, there is also one other thing because I, I I'm ready for this. I'm ready for the Schwarber leadoff fight. They don't like to stack their lefties. And if he's hitting one, right. you put a righty in between them with Turner and then Harper. If you put him in the middle, it, it, it makes it clunky. Like, just the way they, they like to structure a lineup. I will put my flag down on February 7th. I still want Kyle Schwarber as my leadoff hitter. Chris, I'm going to guess does not. What's up, Chris? No, nope, I don't want him as my leadoff hitter. <laughs> Why? Why? Because he takes three hits to get him from first base to home plate. He strikes out over 200 times a year, so his outs aren't as productive. Another guy, like, say, eh, let's say Stott, he'll ground out, a ground out to the right side, he'll put a guy on third or score a guy from third base. Okay? That's why I do it. I, I like Kyle Schwarber. I just don't like him in the leadoff spot for the, for the fact that he strikes out too much and he can't run. And he And if you watch the playoffs – Numerous times and numerous games in the playoffs alone, he led off an inning. Okay, he led off an inning numerous times. So if you got a one-run game and the guy leads off and he gets on first, that pitcher knows damn well he's not running. All right, Chris, can I give you a counter argument? I know what your counter argument is about hitting home runs. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not going to use home runs. Promise. 
Okay. All right. So two things. One, he gets on base more than Bryson Stott. He gets on base more than Trey Turner. But so you have to so, look but, at. But hold on, yeah. Chris. Hold on. I, I let you speak. Hold on. Yes, it would. T- it takes more hits to get him in. Obviously, he's slower than those guys. But I'd rather someone on base more often than nobody on base. Mm. So that's but one thing. And the other thing is, and yet you mentioned his strikeouts. Chris, I actually think his strikeouts are more of a detriment in the middle of the lineup. And what I mean by that is if he strikes out to start an inning, to start the game, one out, and here comes Turner. If he strikes out at hitting four or five, there's runners on base. Bryce Harper standing on first base can't go anywhere. At yeah, least at least Stott, who, who's been hitting – Stott hit five last year, right? Stott puts the bat on the ball and can hit a single and drive a run in. That's not Schwarber's game. The, 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 it's a different approach but the, when there's guys on base and Schwarber's at the plate. There's a different approach. Yeah, but I, there is, first, there is. But he, but pressure. he's, but he's not a different hitter. He strikes out. He strikes out no matter where he hits. You put a guy like Stott or Turner or Rojas on base, you're putting pressure on the pitcher. Okay, because you know he's they can run and they're going to run. I understand, but I don't think it changes who Schwarber is. He's going to still strike out with guys on base. Like that, he's that's who he strikes out, right? That's who he but is. You, but you put a guy, you put a guy on first base, okay, like uh, Turner. Mm-hmm. He's going first to third on a single to right. And Schwarber's not. He's going one at a time. I, right, but he gets on base less often. So yes, you're right, but it happens less often. He doesn't. You have to get on base to score runs. But now, his outs are not as productive. I, I get it, I, Chris. I and look, I think most people, I, Chris. I understand. What, I understand what you're saying. Joe. Yeah, and I, really I get do. you. I, I think most people, Chris, are with you. What I find ironic about both of our, you know, our argument back and forth is they seem to win more when they do it this way, which maybe you think is counterintuitive, but it happens. Yeah, but we haven't had a we haven't put him in the four hole long enough to see how it happens. Well, okay, so uh, Chris, that's a, that's an interesting point, and that and we appreciate the phone call. See, I. We're already started. They haven't got the spring training yet. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, they the already. Are, that's 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 a, that's the argument you're probably going to be having all year long. So Chris wants him in the four hole. Mm-hmm. So that means we got Bryce Harper third, and we got Schwarber fourth. So they bring a lefty in late in the game, and we neutralize both those guys. I, I don't. I'm not a fan of that. No, I'm not. I the Phillies have a lot of good players. There is no sound perfect way to make their lineup because when you move, it's like a. You know, you move one piece and then the other piece. Then it, it, it hinders everything else that you're trying yeah, to Yeah, the only thing that makes sense is I think everyone wants Bryce Harper, what, second or third? We, we, we want him to hit in the first inning of the game. Mm-hmm. I, that's, I think that's pretty universal. Everything else, you move it around. It's like I, uh, Right now, I don't love their cleanup situation. Who's it going to be, Castellanos or Bohm? Yeah. Constellinos. Neither of those are great. I mean, they both could be good at times, but then they, they fall in a slump and all that kind of stuff. I. I still want Schwarber in the leadoff spot. It sounds, though, like Dave Dombrowski may have a different thought. We'll see what Rob Thompson does when we get to spring and, and beginning of the year. Rob Adelko. Hey, Rob. Joseph, you. What's up, boys? What's hey, on, Rob. Man? Hey, listen, Joe. Listen, I, I don't know what Dombrowski was smoking this morning, okay? He, I'm going to tell you why, okay? He, did he say the analytics department had us rated with the number one pitching staff? Am I watching the same team that he's watching? So, Rob, I don't know what he was referencing. There's obviously okay. a lot of different sites, but I, I did see yesterday before the Dodgers brought back Kershaw because they, you know, they officially re-signed him yesterday. Yeah, Joe, that the Phillies, the Phillies, the Phillies had the number one ranked pitching staff. The Dodgers what? were second. I saw it yesterday, and now the Dodgers got bumped back ahead of the Phillies. So maybe that's what he was referencing. Kyle should play that because oh, that's what that is. I, I, I listen. We gotta, yeah, there you go. Thank you, Kyle. 
Because that's what I would have did after he said that. Because, listen, am I looking at the same team? Joe, did you look at Aaron Nolan's numbers the last three or four years? They've gone up, gone up, gone up. And I'm not talking in a good way. I'm talking about his ERA, okay? And he's our number two, Joe. He's our number two. And he's talking about Taewon Walker with 15. You know why he got 15 wins, Joe? Because we score eight runs a game. Not because he's a good pitcher. Well, because look at his ERA. I know, I know. He's terrible, Taiwan. You think? You think they would give him that deal now? No, no. Well, of course not. So he's not a good pitcher. Don't don't try to. And then Sanchez. I mean, come on. You know, I, I I'm worried about pitchers because to me, no was a question mark. And he's Joe. Did he not lead the league in giving up gopher balls or at least in the NL last year? Oh, uh, it was very high. He he allowed 32 home runs last year. It's a lot. And he's our number two. He's our number two. Uh, so you know what? I want to be the Dodgers, Hugh. I'm shallow, okay? I'm going to tell you up front why I'm shallow. Are you shallow? Right? <laughs> listen, at least I keep it real, you know what I mean? But listen, I know they got one kind of pandemic championship, Joe, and I know it doesn't always translate in the chips, but go spend half a billion, you know, go spend another half a billion dollars, Mr. Middleton. I don't care. Go get me Jordan Montgomery and Cody, Cody Bellinger, Joe. I want them both. Yeah, and the fact that they were willing to, I mean, the fact that they made a big offer to Yamamoto means they have the money, Rob. They are, they told us they have the money. So they can get both of those guys for probably what they were going to pay him, right? They were going to give him over 300. I think you're probably right. Yeah, they probably could get both for the price that Yamamoto cost. Yeah. And and then real fast on the Sixers. So that's what I want. I don't want to hear a bullcrap number one pitcher staff because there ain't no way in the world I think we got the number one pitcher staff in baseball. I take Atlanta staff over ours. But anyway, the Sixers. You know what? I don't know. I don't know what to do, Joe. I'm in limbo here. I just don't. Do, do we try to get a good player and then hope an Embiid can come back? And if not, we'll be ready to go next year, hit the ground running? Or do we just kind of say, eh, make that middle-of-the-road move, you know, and then just try to patch it together and see if he comes back, and then we'll have all the cap space, and Embiid will be fully healthy next year, and we can make a real run. But you, you know what, Hugh? What you got? You know what I'm going to tell you, Hugh? And if I can put money on this, I wouldn't have to work, Hugh. If I could go to the Vegas or to a book and say, listen, I want to put down my life savings that he's going to get hurt next year and miss 15 to 20 games. You know what, Joe? He's going to get hurt next year, and he's going to miss 15 to 20 games. You know what? He's going to be hurt in the playoffs, too. And so what, what are we doing, Joe? Like, I don't know what to do. I'm so frustrated because I don't have a clear-cut vision on, on what to do with the Sixers, Joe. Maybe that's why I'm frustrated. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they do either. I mean, that, 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 that reality is that they don't. I mean, Rob, Rob, we appreciate the phone call as always. We're going to have Elliot at one uh, on the Sixers on the trade deadline coming up tomorrow. There's names out there, Hugh. Buddy Heald, Bogdanovic. It sounds like the Kelly Olenek, the Sixers are in on some of these role-player kind of names. Yeah, they're trying to stay locked. They're trying to keep their head afloat, and hopefully Maxi steps up and becomes some, somewhat that dude. I'm gonna say I'm bump that somewhat that dude. That dude, he hopefully becomes. He that needs dude. to be that dude because who else is gonna be that dude without Embiid? No, nah, we we're we're, we're kind of uh, devoid of that dude since Embiid is hurt. So he needs to be that dude. Yeah, I think the Sixers are stuck in a weird spot right now because you don't want to just waste the season. And because we talked about it yesterday, if they don't add anything, they're in trouble. It's tough sled. Yeah, they're no question four and eleven without Embiid. At yeah. the same time. If I'm Daryl Morey, I can't give up anything really big because I don't even know when Embiid's coming back, and you don't want to waste some assets you could use this summer to get you know, maybe a star player. I, I think this is a challenging trade deadline for Daryl Morey. Yeah, you know what the unfortunate thing about this timing is that, you, and we talked, we said it was a blessing to disguise a couple of days ago, but the unfortunate thing is the timing of his injury, and then we still have to wait four weeks to see what we're going to get mm. from him. So you have to try to measure that against 
how how competitive you want to be and, and still put yourself in position to get one of these big-name free agents at the end of the year. Yeah, well, that's, the, that's true. All right, let's get to our Twitter question here. Sponsored by the PI Dental Center. Your smile is the first thing others see when they meet you. Learn about and schedule your evaluation at PIDentalCenter.com. Which team will have more success over the next five years? So this is interesting. The Eagles are dominating the poll on Twitter, yet the phone calls have been more Niners. Eagles 62%. Niners 38 on Twitter. Other poll question, has the Phillies offseason a bit too quiet? Yes, 78%. No, 22%. All right, we do it once a week. Well, Elliott at one, but we do a little uh, midweek take here. Non-sports midweek take. Here's what I got for you this week. What you got? All right, my take this week is... You, 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 when you're parking in the city, I got, I got a lot of parking takes because we've been had to, we have parked differently now than we used to. Yeah, we got some we had some drama. Yeah, so we parking. you know just parking is different around the city, around where we are, and there should be some sort of rule that you could only as a you know in terms of construction, in terms of stuff, you can only block parking spots for so long. There's a street uh, a couple streets away from where we are, mm-hmm. where like a group of spots have been blocked for I don't know like two months. You got to take care of that. You can't just take you're away talking about spots from, from people that are like working in a, in. In the area or whatever? Yes. Yeah, that's ridiculous, especially in the city. we got to move it along. Especially when parking is so hard to find. And I'm with you on this one, Joe. I hate moving my truck around in the city. And normally, that's why I don't go anywhere, because I hate trying to park that thing. There's got to be some sort of rule. Like you, there should be a 90-day, I don't know, whatever the rules should be. But you only have so long where you can take up parking spots with a, a site or construction or just block them up. How off. about you just get it done in a timely Let's fashion? How about that? Let's move it yeah, along. Come on. That construct. Now we're making construction workers mad. Do your job and hurry up with about it. Hurry it's, up. It's, it's a numbers game, right? We have more people coming back into the office lately because that's the way. Uh, that's th- how it's going. That's the things that are now, right? Less hybrid home work, you know, home office stuff. Y'all so messed it up for everybody. More people are coming back into the city, yet we have less parking spots. It feels like we got to solve this problem. We got to create more I'm parking spots or stop blocking the ones that could be used. I'm with you on this one. You, you mean like how they leave a placeholder chair? Sometimes yes. in the city, yeah. Well, they have yeah. cones on one of the yes. streets around here. Dude, just, that is like been cones funny, for two months. The There's four spots thing there that I see in on the planet is when somebody will leave a chair in a parking space. That's why it's like like being in the city is cool, but as far as parking is concerned, it's not cool. It's not cool at all because it's a struggle. It's it's a it's a uh, you're always upset with somebody. Mm-hmm. It's the pedestrians against the, the, the drivers, and the, then you got the bike. We don't even talk about them bikes. Uh, oh, we know you're feeling that. And I tell you, this cat was in the road this morning. I'm on my way to work, and he just sashaying his little, his little <laughs> bike, and I'm just looking. I didn't say nothing, though, because I've been told on more than one occasion to let it go. Yeah. But I, I, refi- like, I don't say anything. I just look at him. It was one morning. Dude was riding in the middle of the street like he was in an SUV or something, just rolling, just, just pedaling along. Right in front of me, like he was a car. It's the I didn't slow say walk. nothing though. Yeah. Yep. And I'm looking at him like, dog. Okay, I get it. You know, you, you this is your right, but not really. It's not. Get your ass on the sidewalk. Yeah. You know, or you, get your ass out the middle of the street. Hugh, you better watch out for the bicyclers. <laughs> yeah. They're coming yeah, after. Yeah, oh, they're, they're feisty, coming. dude. Yeah. They, I mean, they think they own the road. It's. I it's pay trouble. my taxes. I do too. <laughs> so <laughs> yesterday, or a couple days ago, Joe, I think we both parked similar spot uh-huh. on the on the street around here. I was double parked in. Somebody literally parked oh, next no. to my car. Oh, and I, no. I, I couldn't get out. 
And if I'm if we're referencing the same street, it's a very tight street to begin yeah, with. That's exactly right. And luckily, there was a uh, a tow truck driver towing the car behind me. So you just moved back. So into I that? just backed up and went around it. But it was outrageous. I'm like, you can't just block somebody in oh, on the not, road unless it is a, a legitimate emergency. Right. Double parking. Yeah. Is, it, oh, it's oh, it's I unbelievable. Mean, it should come with five years in jail. I mean, it's it's a ridiculous <laughs> premise to do that. You're just making someone wait for you for whatever you have to do. Come on now. All right. Lot to get to next hour of the show. We'll get to your phone calls here. Eagles, Niners, next five years. Which team will have more success? I believe the Niners. Hugh and Kyle think the Eagles here. Of course, the Phillies. Did they do enough too quiet of an offseason or not? And we'll be joined here by Elliot Shore Parks. And we'll throw all this his way, plus his take on the Sixers, the deadline, Tyrese Maxey, and what did Brian Windhorst say he expects from the Sixers by tomorrow? It's all coming up next. 215-592-9494 for Midday Show. Sports Radio 94 WIP. ESPN Bet is now live in Pennsylvania. As the official sports book of ESPN, ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers, and all the props you can handle. That's ESPN Bet. Download today. Oh, what a play. Must be 21 plus. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.